0: This is one of those podcast episodes where I actually had to take notes so that I could stay on track and If you are new to something positive for positive people, I strongly encourage you to go and check out some of the other episodes first, scroll through some of those titles because this is kind of like an extension of Courtney at this moment, and I recognize that Courtney is uh, something positive for positive people at this moment, but I actively make it a point to put my own healing on display for people to have as kind of like a a guide or a template or uh, just some sort of a blueprint for them to navigate their own experiences, not just in relation to herpes, but also in relation to the things that perhaps herpes has brought to the surface. Um, so that's kind of what this episode is and, um, you know, welcome. (laughs) This is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that raises money to provide mental health services for people who've experienced sexual trauma, specifically getting therapy or counseling services for people who have been diagnosed with an SCI. The last five-ish podcast episodes, these were all recorded while I was uh, positive for COVID. Um, On September 13th, that evening, right before I went to bed, I noticed that I was real cold. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm cold. Let me put another layer on. Got up under the covers, went to sleep. I woke up and it just felt like earthquakes through my body. Like, in, not necessarily the muscles, which is what I thought at first. I thought that this was, like, an intense muscle soreness throughout my back, throughout my arms, throughout my hips and my legs. But I also had what might have been a fever. I didn't have a thermometer at my house, and I didn't want to uh, walk down to the gym and, you know, be around people in the event that perhaps this was COVID. So um, I let uh carl the owner of the gym that i work at know uh that i wouldn't be in i uh told the people um who i was supposed to train that you know i wasn't feeling well so we'll have to just push back the times or not to come in yet so um after that i you know just i started looking things up i looked up some of the uh symptoms of covid and i had no reason to think that it was covid because i wasn't having any breathing troubles at all Um, It was just the body aches and I was cold. So I continued to do my virtual yoga classes. I continued to do the podcast uh, work that I do and um, showing things on social media. Uh, I kept my face off of it because I was looking a mess. Uh, I just hadn't gone to the barbershop or really bothered to even shave or line myself up. None of that shit, right? So the point of me prefacing this podcast episode with that is just to share some of the realizations that I had. Now, these three weeks, that's the longest that I've been by myself in a really long time, right? And I I shouldn't have said by myself, but with myself, right? And I think oftentimes that we... For myself, let me speak from my own experience. And then as a listener, you can take away from this whatever it is that you need to. So for me, I find that there's a difference between being all caps, lowercase with versus lowercase being and then all caps with. And I think that generally I would lowercase being uh, all caps with. With an emphasis on with myself, like as identification um, in in that kind of way, not just with myself, but like with other people. And this can extend into relationships. It can extend uh, into just like creating, treating yourself as separate from who you are. And that's really the point that I want to kind of bring home. So this is me just prefacing what I'm about to go through here. In my notes. So that experience with COVID, I had six days of body aches, um, the body quakes, I want to call them. And I honestly thought that I was about to have an outbreak, like a seriously bad outbreak. Um, I didn't take any antivirals because I also wasn't just experiencing anything, uh, exclusively genitally. It didn't feel like I was having one, but I hadn't had one in so long. So I didn't know if that shit like evolved and got stronger and came back with a vengeance or what. So I just let it run its course. Um, I, had a routine for myself i would wake up i'd try and do some yoga it wasn't happening like a forward fold hurt like hell i tried to stretch my muscles and bending hurt like a motherfucker um and then like i've come to realize that there's definitely a difference between muscle pain and soreness and then nerve pain this was definitely nerve pain so um when i woke up monday with symptoms um it it took me until tuesday to just order an online um at home COVID test kit uh i ordered it from let's get checked and it got there the following week i didn't do the express shipping it was like three to five days but it got there the following monday or tuesday i'm sorry tuesday evening so i got the test i followed the directions i did the nose swab sent it back in and then the next day i tested positive for COVID. now you know that maybe it's different where you are, but where I am, you're supposed to, from the first symptom, from the signs of the first symptom, quarantine for two weeks. Um, And so that meant Courtney wasn't going to be working for two weeks, right? Um, And I talked to Carl, the gym owner, and, uh, you know, everyone has to do their own things as far as like safety precautions. And uh, he has a new baby and is also, you know, working here at the gym around people. And uh, while we're being as safe as we can be, um, to be safe, I wasn't going to be able to come back until I received a negative COVID test. And from speaking with the nurses uh, that I talked to And other people and like what I've read online, it showed that you could test positive for up to three months. So it's like, damn, if I don't have a negative test, then I'm kind of fucked, you know. So I've always had multiple sources of income or jobs. And uh, 2020, the only thing that I've been um, making money from has been personal training. So, you know, that aside... Uh, because when March happened, we had to go on lockdown. And at that point I was, uh, getting the unemployment. So went back to work, unemployment stops and you know, here we are. Now I'm just here with this. So as far as, uh, my concerns with that went, it was like, fuck, you know, if I miss one week of work, it's a setback two weeks of work, I'm fucked three weeks of work. I need to find me another job. And that's kind of where, um, that's where my head was at, like throughout the majority of me being, um, sick from the time I found out I had COVID. And I'm so grateful that I didn't know that this was COVID until after the symptoms had went away. So it took me eight days, uh, from my first symptom, uh, to when I found out to find out that it was COVID. And, um, uh, The reason that I say that is because maybe six to eight weeks prior to this, I had gone to uh, my grandfather's brother. I don't know if that's great uncle. Yeah, it it was my great uncle's uh, funeral who had um, the ruling of his death was COVID. And he had a lot of other things that were going on. But I remember that and I was just like, damn, you know, Since that funeral, I know that I had been extra precautious in regards to taking care of myself and the other people around me and taking all the precautions necessary in order to keep myself uh, and others around me from getting this virus. And it was just really also triggering for me because it does really parallel with the herpes virus and my experience there. So when we talk about um, testing positive, right? Now it's like, fuck, I have to disclose to all the people that I've been around. I have to tell people that I have this virus. Not only, it, it, and the thing is, while it's not a sexually transmitted virus, this is a virus that right now in the media is, it, it's, it's deadly. You know, this we are actively in a pandemic and I have the pandemic virus right at this point in time. That's where my head was at. And now I'm having to disclose to the people who I might have been around. I have to disclose to the people who are asking me, hey, Courtney, where you been? I haven't seen you in a while. And it was, in fact, like a little bit retriggering. And if you look at the parallels of COVID and uh, HSV or an SCI period, right, you are told to wear a condom and you won't get any STIs. Wear a mask and you won't get COVID. If you test positive, you don't really have much to go off of and you feel like you can't have sex with other people in regards to an SCI. If you test positive for COVID, you absolutely have to isolate and be away from people for uh, whatever the determined amount of time is um, based on your circumstances and in your state. And it's like the masks are parallels to condoms and the lack of or absence of information that's out there about COVID and or herpes Um they parallel as well and then the conversation around disclosure that also parallels and then the whole the period of isolation because there's a period where after you test positive you probably don't want to be around people and you're scared of infecting someone else you're scared of reinfecting yourself or uh infecting yourself in a different location like you don't know how this works and with COVID I was like damn you know I should probably only designate myself to these areas while I'm positive or while I'm having symptoms so that when it comes down to time to clean, these are the areas that I know need hyper focus and attention of disinfectants and all that kind of stuff. So these were just a lot of the stigmatizing thoughts that I was having during my time with COVID. And even though the symptoms were gone, I still was just kind of like, damn, you know, what's it going to be like when I return to work and when I get back around people who Know that I've had this virus, and we don't know. You know, um, they say, yeah, you can go back to work and everything, but how long until I'll be able to touch someone again? How long until I'll be able to, you know, laugh with someone or share space with them? And you know, if if I got this, taking my precautions and being extra cautious, then who's to say that me returning back to my social settings and work uh, wouldn't keep people from coming back or wanting to be around me. Right. And that was just kind of where my head was. I mean, I wasn't in any kind of a dark place at all. I was very objective about it, um, considering that these are all thoughts that I've already had in regards to my HSV status. So that was one virus. Here's another one. Right. So I was very. I challenged that like my reality challenged my thoughts and beliefs. Um, I want to shout out Carl, Bo, Kristen, Steve, Mike, A.J., like these people who were closest to me, and then uh, the people who hadn't seen anything from me or heard from me in a while um, on Instagram or in regards to the podcast for just checking up on me. Some people, you know, brought me food. Of course, they like dropped it off and at the door, knocked and ran. They were like, "Hey, man, you good?" With their mask on, from <laughs> however far away, uh, and it was just really, it was really sweet. And then um, Danny. For help hooking me up with uh, the thermometer and like some stuff to just kind of help me feel better. The heating pad, this was really great to have received that support because, in my own head, I did in fact make this out to be significantly worse than it actually was in regards to the you know understudied or not studied stigma of having COVID, right? So experiencing the support and the love from the people closest to me close to me or you know even the people who just cared that gave me a little bit of something to help me navigate this aspect of dealing with COVID which is this stigma right so um uh taking it back to the whole work piece let me make sure I'm not jumping around on my notes um Yeah, it it, there was some challenging clarity that came from this experience. So I was really afraid more than anything of what missing that three works, that three weeks of work was going to look like for me. Um, Now, granted, you know, I've managed my money pretty well, especially through 2020. Like I am good for a certain amount of time. But even then, you know, that that being good uh, was set under the expectation that I was going to continue to be working and making money. So it was like, all right, well, as long as I'm going to work, I'm good. And then I missed three weeks of work, which fucks me, right? So um, I did end up having to, like, update my resume. I checked in with a friend of mine about uh, any of, like, his job opportunities because I have a very specific... Uh, set of experience in relation to media having worked in podcast advertising so there's only like four agencies right now that you could work at i've worked at one don't plan on going back to that one and then um the other ones are in new york and california so it was like damn if i'm gonna if i'm gonna end up needing a job i'm gonna have to move and that means no more personal training that means no more carl that means no more Perhaps not even yoga, but definitely it would have meant that if I have to go back to work full time, that I wouldn't be able to be as involved as I am with this podcast. And I'm sure that at some point, you know, I would need to prioritize uh, having an income over being able to continue to serve the herpes community or the community of people living with HSV, working on my people's first, my people first language. And so that was really hard for me to process, and I'm very fortunate because uh, my friend said that his agency wasn't hiring. You know, even if that would have been remote work or if it would have meant me having to move, um, I was very afraid of having to let go of things because, to me, you know, when you work with your friend first off, like you you develop a bond and. I think that between me and Carl, like, I know that where we are in our lives, like, if I'm thinking something, he's thinking it. So, and it's funny because when I came back to work, he was like, yeah, I thought you weren't coming back. I was like, bro, I thought I thought I wasn't coming back either. He was like, you know, I got to bring back a negative test in order to come back to work. And I was just like, I mean, I wouldn't do you like that either. I wouldn't just not show up or just, you know, up and quit because Carl has, in fact, done a lot for me even considering like the starting of this uh podcast um i had no intention of being open about it i was just going to do it record it put it up um because my main concern was what happens when this personal trainer at you know someone else's gym is discovered to have herpes people are going to say things are going to be like oh i'm not working out at that gym they have herpes there even though I'm the only person who has it despite what I'm saying and doing on a podcast, um, I didn't want to bring him and his business into that. And he gave me the assurance, essentially, the you know, that in a in only the way that a friend can, uh, and just saying, don't nobody I mean, nobody give a fuck. <laughs> You're like and if they if people are like that, we probably don't want them here in the first place. So that was very powerful for me. Um, And I think that that was one of the things that got us closer was just his acceptance in that point of me doing this thing that I felt called to and compelled to. uh, The way that I was doing it, like it needed to level up and um, him being so supportive at that point in time allowed for me to level it up and put my name out there, put my face out there. Because as you listen through the first few podcast episodes uh, and you go to the social media That went along with that. You will see that there's not really my face. H on my chest didn't, you know, nothing really linked back to me in those days. But um, as I got into it and, uh, you know, just started to develop that confidence, you know, it came a point where it was like, all right, bam, now I have to be out and open about this. And that's what it was. So, I mean, just imagine having to say goodbye from, stay goodbye to and step away from someone like that in your life, right, who is supportive, has been supportive, and has had such an influence on you. So I was really nervous about that. But at the same time, you know, I have to be able to provide for myself, right? So I was really concerned about that and having to let go of all of these things. And as I sat in my isolation period over those three weeks, there was this voice that I've been ignoring and pushing off for years at this point. Cause, uh, we're, we're at three and a half to four years now of me having been at least doing the beginning work of something positive for positive people, which was just me recording conversations with people before it was a podcast. And, um, it's come up several times that I should be getting compensated for what it is that I do. I have actively dismissed that voice because it's like, no, I have, I have my personal training job. I have my, uh, my media job. I have my, uh, podcast, um, sponsorship and the the agency work that I do. So I've always had like these sources of income that were enough for me to, do what I needed to do, as well as um, be able to provide for myself, like pay my bills and have groceries and things like that. So while entertainment was for sure limited, thank God for PlayStation 4 and Call of Duty Warzone, right? Uh, So I was just staying my black ass in the house and (laughs) and not really doing much. Um, And that's what happened over these last few weeks, too. Like, I was just in the house, not doing anything. And when you don't have those distractions, and here's where it comes back to the B capital B E uh, with versus B lowercase, but then all caps W I T H. Before I was being with emphasis on with myself in a way that this voice didn't really have volume, or it wasn't. It, I was very like disconnected and dismissive from it, but. When I had to be by myself and I was in that isolation, I had to be, emphasis on be, with myself and with that voice. That voice wasn't outside of me anymore to where I could just blow it off. like That voice had a resonance that activated throughout my nervous system. No words needed to be said. It was felt that all this time, Courtney... That you've been doing this. You've been really active about. You've been really adamant about resisting. um, Making money. Off of. What you do for something positive. For positive people. And I'm still doing the thing. Where I'm dismissing. um, I'm like bringing myself outside of this realization. (laughs) I. Courtney Brain. Me. Felt that for so long like I've never wanted to take advantage of anyone who stumbled across these resources especially if they were in such a vulnerable place like people come to me talking about how they tried to kill themselves they think about killing themselves they cut themselves they've harmed themselves Um, they've harmed others they've not disclosed they've Uh, And, you know, some people come in and they just say thank you. Some people have told me how I've inspired them and all of these things. And I've carried a very high and mighty attitude about being able to do this and provide this, this service and this brave space for people without receiving compensation. And that egoic and boastful part of me, is what I've identified with for the last three point five to four years in doing this. Like I've really prided myself. Oh, um, I've really been priding myself in being able to do this despite whatever other sacrifices have had to be made without having received any income. Now the donations that come into the nonprofit at this point, like, have to be used specifically on things that progress the efforts of something positive for positive people as a foundation so that money goes to getting people therapy that money goes to any travel expenses that i may have if there's like a speaking engagement um or if i'm doing like a an in-person podcast recording or if i'm speaking to people about um like when i went to std engage for instance like that was funded um through the donation, so while I haven't really lost much, like I've self-funded a lot of the things um, to date, but it's really interesting to have had these this these three weeks for me to be with myself and experience these thoughts because I have been resistant. Perhaps because uh, it's it's what I know, what's programmed in me. And I'll use my dad as an example. My dad, great floor layer. He's been putting floors in shit as long as I can remember. And he's getting older now. And uh, I remember, you know, I went over there over the summer to cut his grass one day. And I, I've never seen my dad like this before. He had it on a knee brace and he wasn't able to go out in the backyard and cut his grass, whack his weeds. Like, it, 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 he had the energy But his body was just like not there and over the last several years i've heard my dad talk about you know wanting to start his own business and making it like a family thing and llc himself and be able to get you know work himself rather than working for the union and he just hasn't and you know he's capable of doing it he has the connections and the network to get consistent work but he just hasn't and I saw a parallel there with me and my dad because for all this time like yeah, I can do more. I can provide more. I can serve more people. I can expand on something positive for positive people and make it into an organization that's not just courtney but also has the the perhaps roles of the the six hats that I wear, you know, and put someone there and do what it takes in order to get the resources that we need in order to really expand and grow into that space of uh like uh, that space of really being able to provide the service that this that stigma has created like there's this entire like blank space gap between sexual health and mental health and something positive for positive people fits right there perfectly as an organization. And perhaps that the creation of this organization will continue to encourage the creation of more organizations like this. And that that stigma is not necessarily something that's filled with, you know, misconceptions about mental and sexual health and just flat out lies. But perhaps it's a gap of the absence of truth of, um, and the realities of Sexual health, mental health from the people who are experiencing them directly. So, if something positive for positive people is going to fill that void, then something positive for positive people has to continue to exist. And it has to have the funding and resources in order to exist and expand and inspire the next waves of people who are going to do something better than I'm doing, right? And As a sole person that is, in fact, doing this, um, I got to step out of my own way. I talked before about the lowercase self and the caps lock self. And I think that, well, I know that at this point, my lowercase self has been In the way and holding on to this idea that I am so much better than my colleagues or my competitors, if you want to call them that, than other people in this space. Because me as a black man, already, you know, two minorities in this space, like compounded minority, am providing this service for free to people and I'm able to still take care of myself. Like I can brag about that. That's where my my pride comes in and i got to let that shit go because my reasoning is literally keeping me in the way of being able to support people right now i can only i can do this much and by this much i'm creating an o with my index finger and my thumb that's how much i can do with getting out of my own way and allowing my caps lock self to step in here and be like hey You know, these are the things that we need and these are the things that I need in order to continue to provide the service that that connection between the index finger and thumb breaks. And now there's infinite possibilities. I can help infinite people. I can connect and support and serve. Let me say serve. I don't want to say help. I want to serve infinite people. Through this, And me as an individual, I am just not capable of doing so. So if I am going to be able to do this, I have to create more uh, than I've ever been able to create before. I have to create a foundation. I have to create uh, roles so that people are able to fill these roles and fulfill the needs of the organization rather than everything coming through me and me having to just prioritize and juggle all these different things. And what better time than when the messages come through clearly from God. And when I say God, God to me is an acronym of gift of divine. And if my gift of divine is connecting and uh being able to serve in this way, then by denying that, by being in my own way and saying, well, you know, I, I love not being able to charge people. That's me being in the way I'm denying and resisting against God by that nature. I am denying my gift of the divine because I will not allow myself to use it in the way that it is meant to be used. Um, And you know, and this even makes me think about Carl. You know, Carl always told me from the time that I moved back home in February, 2017, he was like, you need to get a relationship with God. And hearing that, you kind of may cringe if you don't have a relationship or if you've had a negative relationship with God, uh whatever your views are, whatever higher power you do or don't describe to or subscribe to, and whatever your beliefs were as a kid or how you grew up and what your family taught you or whatever you thought, like throw that shit out the window because essentially you create the relationship that you have with God in accordance with what resonates with you. So, don't let nobody else tell you, you need to be a Christian, you need to be a Muslim, you need to be Hindu, you need to be Buddhist, you need to be... The list goes on. You choose what your relationship is, and then whatever it is that aligns with that in accordance, you know, you can just take a little bit of that along the way and create your own unique relationship. So, for me, the more that I exercise my gift of the divine, the more connected I am to that higher power. And so... In that realization, when I was able to just be with myself, rather than be with myself, I had that come through me. So what I ended up doing was I connected with my board of directors of Something Positive for Positive People. Shout out to Melissa of Sex Positive Families, Emily of Sex Education, Elise, Horton, Brenda, and Aaron. For uh, just keeping me in line and keeping me accountable throughout this process of making this into a credible 501c3 nonprofit organization. They've been even saying to me, hey, you probably should be considering paying yourself and getting paid. I've just been like, no, no, I'm working, I'm working. But I met with them and I just let them know, hey, you know, I, I feel like now it's time. Well, I don't feel like it's time. I've always been the kind of person who I won't do a big thing until I absolutely have to do it, and this was my absolutely have to. Like I said, missing three weeks of work, that was like, all right, gotta get another job. And if this if this being something positive for positive people is as important to me as I make it out to be or as I act like it is in accordance with my behavior and the things that I'm doing um, throughout the process, the sacrifices that are being made, and have been made, then I gotta be willing to take that step, and this is a step that like has been hard to take, perhaps because of generational trauma. You know, my dad won't, hasn't taken that step, and here I am now in a place where me, as the kind of person who does things when I absolutely have to do them, uh, I I now have to, so like. If I didn't have to, I probably would be in the same space my dad is, you know, wearing myself out and perhaps building and creating resentment towards not only myself, but also like the audience and the people that I'm serving. And then I'll burn out, perhaps. So letting go of that and just bringing this up to the board was like, it was hard. It was one of the hardest things I ever had to do. Like, I don't like being in this position of vulnerability and i was met with of course yeah make the job description and we'll take it from there so i wrote out this job description of everything that i do and i was like damn i am something positive for positive people and it was a hard realization for me because like it's if i if i were to die right now there'd be no no one could just continue this and nobody got the password see anything don't nobody know what my motivations are like as far as y'all know, I'm getting therapy for people with herpes. And at this point, like even from the marketing and advertising I've done, even that's not even being communicated correctly because people think, oh, it's herpes therapy. I don't need that. And then we got the stigma and there's just more layers to it than that. Um, but without going into all of those details, one of the following things that I had to do after creating my job description was go to the bank. And I'm sharing this because this was um, this was when my guilt was alleviated. The guilt of taking money receiving money for providing the services that i'm providing i go to the bank and i bring all of my documentation of course you know wearing mask and there's all this glass and stuff separating myself from the person that's serving me so we're going through everything everything's looking good and uh she asked me, she was like, oh, what's your nonprofit? I explained to her, I was like, oh, just providing mental health services for people who've experienced sexual trauma. And she she paused, she looked at me, and she was like, okay, awesome, that's nice, that's really needed. How'd you get into that? And I always fucking hate when people ask me this, because now I gotta tell you I have herpes. Perhaps I don't have to tell you, but if I don't tell you, then it looks like I'm hiding something, and then I feel bad, because later I have to go home and be like, damn, Why didn't I say that I have herpes, right? (laughs) So I just told her, I was like, well, eight years ago, I was diagnosed with genital herpes. And once I began to find other people who had it, I saw that there were a lot of people who wanted to kill themselves, who were experiencing depression or had suicide ideation and even attempted suicide. And... You could just see in her eyes that there was there was something there you know how you disclose to somebody and you know that they're going to say me too or i've had a similar experience that's the feeling that i had so she starts telling me she remembers she's like yeah that's so necessary and she later shares a story with me of when she was young she remembered that she had like an older cousin who had gotten uh an scd and it was herpes and she spiraled into this dark depression and eventually took her own life. And you should have seen my fucking face. Like, you, you couldn't see my mouth because I had on the mask. But, like, my the hairs on my, my beard hair, like, sank a little bit lower because my jaw dropped. And I was like, oh, if that ain't a fucking sign, I don't know what is. And she just went, you know, well, if people had access to this, if people had this kind of resource, you know, who knows? you know, perhaps she'd still be here. I was just like overwhelmed with this lightness, this feeling of, you know, like I got like a universal nudge. (laughs) And I was like, see, I told you, your ass should have been listening to me all this time. Think about how many people, you know, between this point in time now, and that first time that I resisted, um, being compensated for what I do with something positive for positive people. Think about all of the people that could have been saved or the people who could have experienced non harm or less harm, right? And what really it, it didn't really, really hit me until we got done with the process and I've been I've been tracking how I spend the money and everything. It's just really if if a accountant looked at it he'd be like what the fuck is this but it makes sense to me if that makes sense so i bring i brought my checkbook and i start writing the checkout and i look up and i ask i say hey so do i make the checkout to chase bank and i start writing and she was like courtney you make the checkout to something positive for positive people i was like oh my god this shit is real (laughs) so uh, I made that deposit, put the money in there, left, and realized that I didn't have anything with the account number written on it. Um, but I was able to get in there and handle all of that. And uh, my my buddy Mike had took me to the bank because I don't have a car anymore. I was going to just Uber, um, and I was riding back with him. I was like, man, like it's it's real now, like it's actually real. So leaving that gave me this. I was absolved of this pride that I had, the guilt that I have. And perhaps there's even a little bit of shame around receiving or accepting money. And that's why, like, you know, I I, I consider myself to be a giver for sure. Um, But at the same time, you know, givers have trouble receiving and in my yoga teacher training, I'm learning that everything in life is really about moderation in accordance to um, the yamas and niyamas. I forget which one it is specifically, but uh, moderation, non greed. I don't have to be greedy, but I also can't deprive myself of what it is that I need in order to continue to live. <laughs> And, you know, it's through my very existence that something positive for positive people um, is what it is. It's through my existence that the hype, the hope, the healing that occurs through being H on my chest is able to occur. So that's been what COVID, having COVID actually has really shown me throughout this process. Um, and it took for me to just be by myself in order to be with myself, I'm sorry, not by myself, in order for me to receive that messaging and it was through all this uncertainty as well um about what was to come so I mean I'm back at work of course, and no one treat no one's treating me different. I don't think anyone just stopped coming because Courtney had covid at one point in time, right um I just. Yeah, I, I I caved, I caved, I gave in to my higher self. Um, and I let go of that piece of me that was holding on to who I am, my identity as the person who doesn't accept money off of stigma, right? So transforming the way that we think about things and the way that we, what our beliefs are and our thoughts are, we have to challenge that with reality. The reality is, if i am this organization no organization can run without funds and you know that's point blank period so where those funds come from that's gonna that's gonna depend on a lot of shit but right now for where i'm at like having just now stepped into this and uh whatnot the funds are gonna have to come from donations at this point um i did have a meeting with uh, a couple of sexual wellness related organizations. I'm not gonna say any names, but I'm really excited about how one of the how both of those meetings went actually. Um, and there are two different meetings. One of them wants to put me on their grant for funding like we can partner for a project given um, that something positive for positive people is actually like more of a connecting media outlet type thing. Um, and then with the other one, It's really going to depend on how things go right after the election. So I'll have to follow up with them then. But at the very least, there will be some local funding from an organization here in my hometown, St. Louis, Missouri, or national level, which means taking this shit to different states. Because right now, I can only provide therapy for people in Missouri. And that process is uh, coming together so that I can replicate it across the country. So... mean at this point it's a matter of get money. The more money we have the better we are and something positive for positive people. The podcast um, is now going to have to operate as the fundraising tool for the organization Um, at least during COVID until I can like get out and network and I guess I need to start playing golf and shit so I can meet people who just have a lot of money that they need to spend at the end of the year so they don't waste it paying taxes. So if y'all know anybody like that Please send them my way <laughs> or shit, send me their way. Whatever it is, it needs to happen. But with these organizations, they've also uh, given me what I need in order to uh, establish myself so that I can start reaching out to other organizations as well. <sighs> All right. Closing that out. I did want to just shout out my fucking therapist, right? Uh, I said if there was time that I would go ahead and touch on this. Um, This whole theme of this podcast episode has been with an emphasis on being with rather than being with emphasized. And I want to bring that home here because in my most recent therapy session, I basically told my therapist everything that I just said here. I explained to him what happened, I gave him a lot more details about how those meetings went, of course, and at the end of it he just said, it sounds like you found your purpose. And I paused, I paused just like that. And you know, even now I'm kinda getting a little bit, my throat's kinda getting to that point where you feel like a tear is gonna come out or something, and my eyes are a little bit wider as I say this. Um, but yeah, he said that to me, and I was just, I was just quiet. He goes, you got you got a little quiet on me there. What, what are you thinking? I pause, just like this. And I go, I'm not. Like, for once, I'm not thinking. I don't have thoughts right now. I'm not wondering what the future is going to look like, despite... This state of uncertainty across the United States at the very least. I'm not thinking. This must be what it's like to know. This must be what it's like to just be. With an emphasis on being. um, Be with myself. Like I'm being. The thoughts might be there, but they're not really relevant to right now. They're not relevant to what my priority is, what my priorities are. I'm able to just be here in this moment. I think that after hearing that from someone else, the right person at the right time, that I found my purpose, that was a clarity. Like, nothing else mattered. Like, being... Here and being with that and sitting with that. And just hearing it from him, like, it was was powerful for me. And I just told him, I was like, I'm not, I'm not thinking. Like, I feel more certainty despite this in this climate of uncertainty right now than I probably ever have in my entire life. I'm doing the things that I know to do. There's no, well, what's going to happen in January when I'm, if I don't have a job, there were no what ifs, there were no if, thens. It was just this, this, this quietness, this stillness there. And I was able to just be with that. And I let him know um, that I do feel this way. And he goes, well, You know, no matter what, it'll be all right. And something about it'll be all right. Like, it's just so fucking comforting. I don't know what it is. Maybe I've heard that so few times in my life that it's it's new to me and it's exciting and it's just comforting. Or perhaps I heard it once from the right person at the right time and it, it just calmed me. But in that moment, like I just felt like an overwhelm, like just a shock through my body, like a this tingling sensation that I recognize as a sign to move forward or continue whatever progress is being made because there was just so much clarity in that moment without me talking myself out of it. And he told me, it's like, sounds like he calls it big C, but I, I like caps lock Courtney, no matter, forget about all the added um, syllables, but caps lock Courtney has emerged. It was like, and lowercase is probably gonna pop up in efforts to self-sabotage. And I, I cut him off at that point and I was just like, you know what, I'm envisioning like my caps lock self having been in the backseat of this car and my lowercase self being in the driver's seat, you know, barely driving, barely seeing over the steering wheel because it's a kid, it's immature. And the reason that it self-sabotages is because it's in such a rush to to grow up, but all it needs to do is have fun. Like, that's all he needs. And it, it's gotten to a point where, you know, he's we've run out of gas and he doesn't know what to do. Like, oh my God, the gaslight came on. And the next exit is this far away, and caps Lock Courtney just kind of touches lowercase Courtney on the shoulder from the back seat, and goes, "Hey, I can drive us and lowercase Courtney's just strapped in the back seat, kicking his legs, lifting the lollipop, looking out the window at the scenery, and finally just enjoying the ride without being fixated on the destination in a way that it's That's all you can see. Like when you have that tunnel vision, like this is all you're focused on. And you miss the opportunities that perhaps are destinations along the route to get to the destination. So that's who's driving right now. Caps Lock Courtney is officially in control and driving. And I say in control, but what I mean by that is there's no more self-sabotage or me being in my own way about it. And I'm driving lowercase Courtney to Disney World essentially. And we're gonna make all the stops along the way that we need to make. And I recognize my lowercase self is just being the part of me that just wants to have fun. The part of me that wants to enjoy life, right? Because for so long lowercase Courtney created from the time of those early childhood traumas had to be there and in control, like and subscribe to this illusion of control of survival and safety. And these were all false, these were all false, just illusions, these were illusions of that. Whereas, you know, the part of me that was being protected is a part of me that it, it is me. I created this persona at that point in time that was there for a reason and just never really got to grow up. And now I feel like I owe it to that part of myself. I owe it to lowercase Courtney to give him a good time to give him the fun that he deserves because he took care of us. He took care of us for so long. And, you know, as I talk, I talk through this, like we're separate, but obviously, you know, it's, an integration process Um, throughout me being able to be in my purpose and be in this space of not having to think and just allowing myself to be, I get to be with myself. So lowercase Courtney, capsule Courtney are in a process of integration to where I can just be, and there is no more with because I'm being. And when you make that integration, you kind of realize that everything's connected. We're all we all are. And when I get to be it's when I'm most connected to the world around me, to my environment, connected to my body, connected to the space around me, connected to the life around me, the lives. Like I got I think there's like seven spiders in the bathroom right now that I'm doing my best not to kill. But when they get too close to the toilet or the sink and it's like, hey, I I feel like you're going to eat me, bro. But that's aside the point. (laughs) There was no reason for me to say that, but I said it anyway. But that's how I feel like that feeling of silence and stillness was like the, the space of just connectedness with everything where you realize like we all are one being expressing itself and experiencing itself and having experiences in infinite ways. Man is, the, I'm sorry for you know gender purposes, humanity is God divided by infinity or the universe divided by infinity. That's what we are, and our recognition of that brings us on the path to wholeness. My choice of recognizing that is through our gifts of divine. We are one with the infiniteness of the universe and i choose to exercise my infiniteness through something positive for positive people that's what this is that's what this is about and as i continue to serve and be of service like i'm gonna have fun i'm gonna have fun with it i'm going to make it fun like it's fine now it's always been fun But my, one of my fears has always just been not wanting this to become work and not fucking this up by doing something like fucking my podcast guests, which I have and nothing bad has happened. I've had some experiences where I was like, fuck, you know, like there was this one time where I told y'all a chlamydia story. I was like, damn, bro, that was, that was weak. (laughs) That was weak on my part or like having a relationship with the wrong person and like there's something there that i'm i'm gonna explore with my therapist as well he says i have a sex demon um so we'll see what that means in uh an upcoming session but yeah it it, it does seem like therapy for me is coming to a close because the way that we talked through our last session it was like all right you're there here this is where you are and now you got the tools. He was like, "And if you're gonna need to reach out to me, you can." I was like, "Damn, bro, we we done already. Like, <laughs> come on, give me, give me. I need more of this. I like this." And uh, yeah, so like just the things that I've feared fucking up. Like, I don't want to fuck this up. That has been my number one fear. Don't fuck up this organization by having any sort of interactions or sex with the wrong person or people or saying the wrong thing, being at the wrong place at the wrong time. And like, I think in doing so I am in fact missing out and thinking like that, I'm missing out on a lot in my life and I'm allowing for that child in me to be loud, like taking the wheel and like taking us off road and shit, run, burning out the gas before we get to any of our destinations. So Throughout this integration process of being, becoming myself, integrating and being, there's going to be some fuck ups. But, like my therapist said, I'll be all right. I will be all right. And I believe that. And, you know, I still feel it throughout my nerves whenever I say it. So, just having this knowing now, having this. Stillness and this quiet in my head, like I—it's been so peaceful. Like I—I'm I'm not thinking so much. So I guess this is what it's like to have your purpose, like finding your purpose. The path to that is allowing yourself to just be, capital B E, rather than be with W I T H. As I close out this podcast episode. Um, I wanted to talk more about the whole being with, with an emphasis on being versus an emphasis on with. Um, I'll have to do that in another episode because I want to apply it to, I want to apply it externally, like in relationships. You know, we all want to be with somebody and we say be with as be and then an emphasis on with, W-I-T-H, rather than be with an emphasis on B-E. So, yeah. Yeah was that? Oh, what's up, Malcolm? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm finishing up a recording right now. I'll be out there in a second. I got like two minutes. Uh, that was one of our trainers we walked in. So I, I'm recording in the Something Positive for Positive People podcast studio, which is the back of the Given one hundred 100 uh, gym that I work at. Uh, damn, I think I was closing this out with... Oh, yeah, the being with versus being with... Uh, because I I think that there's something there in regards to relationships, in regards to our relationship with the world around us, and relationship to ourselves even. Because when we're able to just, we, we should all strive to be with someone, not be with someone, as in have ourselves, have our self-expression, being uh, who we are without having to change and adapt to the other person. And there's a freedom that comes with that. Uh, that I would like to hopefully have some more experiences uh, throughout my life and then be able to touch on to hopefully help somebody, hopefully serve somebody as they navigate that for themselves. All right. Now, please don't forget, we got the Something Positive for Positive People podcast community on Facebook. If you want to be a part of that, feel free to add me on Facebook and send me a message, please, letting me know that you want to be in the group. We have someone uh, I, I, I try and message, I do message everyone who finds a group and I just asked her because she said something that was a little bit off. I was like, hey, how'd you find a group? She was like, it's just so nice to see something positive on the internet because it hasn't been anything positive lately. And I was like, hey, have you read the description? And she took a while to message me back. She was like, oh, I didn't, I don't, you know, bless you all. Like (laughs) I don't have any of that issues or those issues. I was like, yeah, well, you know, it's for the podcast listeners. So if you check it out and feel like it's your cup of tea, I'm happy to have you. So it's important that y'all message me and let me know that, um, you found it through listening to the podcast. This is the only way I'm promoting it. Um, as it grows, I'll become more active there and, Get people involved and connected despite their diagnosis and have the commonality of just having listened to the Something Positive for Positive People podcast. Please visit www.spfpp.org and on the homepage you'll see options to donate if you feel compelled to. Please like, rate, review, subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps us out tremendously, especially now that I'm going to be raising money. Till next time, stay sex positive.